Good afternoon. It's Good Friday. It is uh, in Wheeling, almost 3.30. And I had intended to read from Proverbs 22, kind of finish up that chapter, but so many thoughts have filled my mind about Good Friday, about Monday, Thursday. And I wanted to share some of those with you today. The scripture that comes to mind is in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 3. It talks about Jesus being the author and finisher of our faith. It talks about him being the example to us of how to face trial for the joy, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, endured the shame, and he is seated at the right hand of the throne on high. So there's so much that we can learn about how to face trials, how to face struggles. Now, you might be under the delusional belief, actually, actually uh, anti-Christian belief, anti-spiritual belief, that you won't have trials in life. You might get up in the morning and you might say, well, I'm looking forward to a day today without any trials, without any struggle whatsoever. And if I get struggle, it must mean that either God doesn't love me, either that or perhaps God, well, perhaps God has forgotten me. Or even as bad, perhaps I'm getting punished for something. I've, you know what? I've heard all of that. I've, I've also heard, you know, life is not fair. There shouldn't be these struggles in life. And sometimes struggles in life and trials in life, and instead of making us better, they make us bitter. And I'm sure most of you have heard that. Now, it doesn't mean that every day we're going to have a major struggle, but I think every day, we are probably faced with decision time about how to handle things in our lives. And the way that Jesus faced the greatest struggle of his life, that is being crucified, being rejected by his people, being denied and betrayed, by those who knew him best. I, I think the way he faced that struggle, even the struggle of, in his great humanness, feeling that God had forsaken him. So there's a lot we can learn about life and victory and faith and peace and feeling love by looking at how Jesus faced the cross.
So I've I've kind of thought about that a while, and and here's here's kind of what I here's what I came up with. Jesus endured because of a deep communion that he shared with his imperfect companions. He found comfort in their love, as imperfect as that love was. He found that they were companions that comforted him simply by being his companions. He gave them the leeway, gave them the forgiveness to be human and to be afraid and to leave. But still, as he said before the Passover, before the Last Supper, I have greatly desired to eat this Passover with you. You are my friends. Wow. So Jesus faced the struggle with his imperfect friends. We, we really, we really lose a lot of joy, folks, when we expect our friends, our family even, to be perfect in support of us and to never let us down. Oh, no, no. The truth is we let people down and people let us down. The only one that never lets us down is God. And in our deepest struggles, sometimes we wonder about that. But still, we face the trials of life with our friends and we count them our friends even when they disappoint we don't expect perfection from them any more than they should expect perfection from us but that's not the only lesson we learn in the way christ faced the cross he humbled himself before the divine, even in the garden, having known the Father for all of eternity, before the foundations of the world, having walked with the Father as a man, Jesus came to the Father at his deepest and darkest moment when his friends didn't forsake him, when his friends fell asleep, when his friends in their humanness failed to provide Jesus what he desperately needed in his sorrow, in his trial. He went to the Father. He said, Father, if it is possible, take this cup from me but not my will, but yours be done. Three times he prayed that. Finally, the angels came and they comforted him and strengthened him and they reminded him of eternity. 
they reminded him of the power of love and goodness and the purpose of this sacrifice. They reminded him of all of these things and he was able to go to the cross. He was able to bear up under the struggle, the pain, the seeming defeat, and able to bear up even under the weight of our sin. Yeah. He was able to bear up under the weight of the very human thought that God had forsaken him. And in his heart of hearts came to the realization, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So even in the midst of his struggle and his doubt and his fears, he submitted to God. That's the biggest thing, this submission to God. Perhaps, perhaps the greatest American sin. Now, I just want you to hear this because it, it's, it's weighing heavy on my heart. Heavy, heavy on my heart. The greatest American sin is our arrogance. How often have you heard it said, we are the greatest country in the world? Well, we may be. Oh, but I think there's some debate over that. In my travels as a Navy chaplain, I, I've really lost track of how many other lands I've been to. But I'm telling you that there were some pretty good people in some pretty good countries. Yes, yes, there were. And our arrogance is seen by other nations. America first. No, come on. Now, how about humans first? How about humanity first? How about God first? How about us bending our wills to the will of the master and to acknowledge we don't have all of the answers and to acknowledge that in our struggles, we need God. And when we don't know what's right, we need to submit to what God says is right. When, when we know what is right, but we don't want to submit to what is right, still, even then, we say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. If we want the comfort of angels, if we want the strength of angels, if we want the, the angels to battle with us, then submission is the key to that. And Jesus, Jesus showed that. Jesus showed that. He also kept in mind the purpose of the cross. The cross was not a punishment to Jesus. The cross was an atonement for us. 
The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There are many in the church, even churches that will gather for services tonight, even churches that will gather in all their regalia on Sunday. Even in even in the face of the remaining pandemic, they will gather. But they do not see the purpose of the cross. They see it as somehow Jesus suffering martyrdom or Jesus going against the Roman establishment or the Jewish establishment. They don't see it as an atonement for sin. I've even heard and read just just today how that it is grotesque to think that God would submit his son to torture uh, for, for sin. And I see that. I, I see how that might be thought to be the case. But that ignores a couple things. It ignores the fact that God and Christ are one. Their purposes are one. It ignores the fact that even there is struggle in the divine person, the three in one. And there is a a humanness to that struggle. But nonetheless, it ignores that there is submission to the will of God. It ignores that uh, sin must be atoned for. The entire sacrificial system of the Jewish nation that was established by God was leading up to Jesus Christ being the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The only grotesqueness in that cross was their human cruelty and the ultimate penalty that comes from sin. In the cross is life and forgiveness, not grotesqueness of God, but the love of God. So the purpose of the cross, he kept in mind, and we, in our struggles against sin, against the powers of darkness, we must keep in mind the purpose in Every single sacrifice that we make is that people will be brought to God through Christ. Lastly, Jesus saw the throne. It was for joy that Jesus endured the cross and the shame of the cross because of love for us, but also submission to the Father, but also because Jesus saw the throne. 
And the way to the throne of heaven was the throne of the cross. Even in what the world would consider the great shame, there is victory and power. Jesus saw the throne and therefore he endured with joy the shame of the cross. We must never lose sight in our struggles. We must never lose sight in any of our, our struggles. We must never lose sight of the throne. We must never lose sight that if Jesus is at the right hand of the majesty on high, that we will be at that throne and we will have the confidence because we approach that throne as children of God. I pray this Easter is a great Easter for everybody here. I pray that it is a time of rejoicing in the love and the passion of God for you and me. I pray that if whether you are at a face-to-face -face worship service or if you are worshiping online, that you let nothing stand in your way of praising God coming forth from that place with love filling your heart and with confidence to face every single struggle that is in your way. Lord, give us this grace. Give us the grace to face the struggles against sin and evil in the same way you did. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, we bow before you this day. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.